0: I didn't start early. My parents took me out of eighth grade, and I wasn't feeling the whole homeschool thing, and so kind of rebelled. But um, we're doing it with Abram, and we're just busy trying to get him around uh, other homeschoolers. Praise God. There's just something about that; it just feels weird saying. I don't know, um, but anyways. Uh, so she's going to speak. I, I have be sure you're going to hear her again. I just get to fill in the blanks, but I'm happy because I'm actually going to be speaking on the topic of obedience again, not necessarily something that I was looking to make into a series, or like just, you know, I I really had this intentions of just a one-shot deal, Um, but just through studying the scripture, I just feel like my heart has come alive, uh, and with some truth here, and I just feel like I want to be able to share it. With you this evening, you may have noticed um, some awkward worship here today, maybe not something that you're accustomed to, and I just want to give us all this little application for those who are over-spiritualist. You, it's not a spiritual thing, it's a sound thing. We had just picked up a new board, and um, we're having to iron out a lot of kinks. See, we were settled with the old board that we had, and things were going fine, and then we had to introduce new technology in, just because we were having some problems with the old board, because we've had it since day one of Jehovah. That's a long time. Praise God. And so the uh, the awkwardness was just simply us trying to now re-figure out sound. And um, it's going to take probably about a week or two to iron out the kinks, but with the grace of God, we will be able to do it. Amen? So I just thought I'd put that little disclosure, and it's really just for the over-spiritualist. You know, there's no need to, like, shaka-baka and and, and pray that that the heavens might break open. It was just a practical issue with sound. Amen? Let's pray. Amen? Bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for the chance that we to come into an atmosphere like this, a place like this, and hear your word. Lord, we want to center, Lord, this whole time around your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray that you would fill me with clarity, God, and that uh, the words of Scripture would pierce our hearts and change our lives unto the glory of God. In Jesus' name we say, amen. So if you would turn your Bibles to 1 John, I'm going to kind of lead off with the same scripture that I led off uh, with last Sunday. And many of you weren't here, so it's good. But many of you were, so I'm sorry. But that's just the way it's going to be today, and we're going to get right into it. 1 John, and we're going to start in chapter 2. And I'm going to, not, last Sunday I started in verse 3, but this Sunday I'm actually going to start in verse 1. That's 1 John 2. Verse 1, we're going to read five verses, six verses, I'm sorry. John leads this off by writing, my dear children, in verse 1, I am writing this to you so that you will not, what, sin. It's very important to note that. I am writing this to you that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous, He Himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. That's pretty important, right? Come on, we're all here today. We all have at one point experienced this transaction, this thing that happened where we have come to Christ because this awesome thing, this amazing thing that He has done for us as He gave His life for sin as an atonement. So... I want to just kind of lead my beginning statements off by saying this. Before John drops a hammer, he gives us grace, okay? So I'm going to drop a hammer, but I just want to remember 1 John uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. There is grace, guys, okay? No one is perfect in this. But we need to come into the full truth and understanding of the gospel and not just leave it out because of grace not leave certain things out because of grace amen but i'm so happy i'm so glad that john let off chapter 2 like this reminding us of the advocate jesus christ here we go in verse 3 and we can be sure that just kind of he changes things up a little bit and he says and we can be sure that we know him if what we obey his commandments. Otherwise, other words, J- John is saying, listen, if you want to be confident that he knows you, you have to obey. You have to obey what? His commandments. Now, that word commandments is very broad. We sometimes, I think, when we read anything's, anything about the commandments in the New Testament, our mind, off, honestly, probably shoots right to the first and the second that Jesus gave us in the Gospels, right? But this word commandment is very broad if you study it out. It's the full teaching and instructions of both Jesus and the Gospels and the Apostles throughout the, the uh, New Testament. So in other words, when Paul said, listen, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, that was a commandment. That's what John's referencing. When Jesus said, hey, look, if you look at a woman with uh, lust in your heart, it's like committing adultery. That's, that's, that's a commandment. We don't need to get locked in just the first and second, of course the most important things. Jesus highlighted this, but this word commandment here is much broader than that, okay? So I think that's important, important, not important. Sounding like my son, he likes to do those. He's probably because he gets it from me. Listen, just a little disclosure. I slaughter the English language. So so just prepare yourself. I don't know why God placed me here in the midst of intellectual, you know, brilliant minds and well-taught, well-spoken people. But it's just the way of God. It really is. If you look throughout the Old Testament, He would put some real random people that are just like, get that, God. Why I mean, you could have. What you, what? But, anyways, I um, just want to put that disclosure in there. Verse 4 If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey His commandments, that person is a liar <laughs> and is not living in the truth. Have you noticed that in John, particularly in 1 John, uh, he makes reference or he talks about a lot about living in the truth and in, in, in living in darkness. There's this there's this there's this sense that 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 John is kind of disclosing or talking about people who have pulled up the e-brake and have parked. You know, I, I live at 19 Newton Avenue. I probably shouldn't even say that, but I live in Haverhill. That's where I sleep, and sometimes because of my schedule at j I have to sleep other places, but my place of residence is in Haverhill, okay? And, and there's, there's, there's something I think that John is trying to highlight here in, in, because he's talking about truth, living in the truth, or having fellowship, or living in darkness. And when you start to think of darkness, I mean, your mind automatically goes to, oh, these people are living in sin. So it's not somebody who's just casually... Uh, um, having a hiccup in the road and experiencing something that is 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 trapping them experiencing something that is kind of leading their heart astray in the moment it's somebody who has been given over to habitual practice of sin you know i find that the new testament is is and we get confused about this but let me just i've done some studying thank god but but the New Testament is really written for two classes of people. It really is, guys. You can't get around it. And we can, if we don't know that, we can get confused. Because it addresses really two types of people. People who are just being born again, who are newly in the Lord, okay, and, and, there's a, this, and when, you, when you find either the apostles or Jesus confront these people, you hear mercy, and you hear this kind of, hey, listen, you just started this journey. Come a little further. Listen, there's this, there's this, and this. And then there's the second class of people uh, where, where they're being confronted about their kind of years of practicing their religion but becoming callous and becoming complacent. So we have people in the New Testament that are being talked to, are written, written to sorry that are newly in the lord and then we have another class of people that are being addressed that are kind of been there for years and in one sense or the other need a little defibrillator they need some spark they need a light some kind of fire sparking back up in their their spirits so we need to understand this as we read the new testament cuz it's it, you know it's it's very easy you know i talked about this last sunday i said listen you know Truth, when we come into understanding, when God reveals himself, he reveals a, a new quality, a new character through the scripture of who he is and what he requires, it's not smart to close our eyes and turn our head and walk away and just, please, we never saw that. In other words, when I hear Jesus say, listen, to look at a woman with, with, with lust in your heart is like committing the act of adultery. Pretty, pretty hard words. Now, I know, I know we can get to a lot of theo- theological discussions about that portion of Scripture, but bear with me. I'm just using it as a reference. But when I know that, I have to then, as a believer, take my life and position it in a way where I have no toleration. There's, there's no, you know, there's almost like, you, you know, you see those horses and races, and they're just... And they got these things on their thing, and they because they're so tight, and they don't, you know, they, they, they don't want the horses to get spooked, you know, because they, the, the race is so tight, and other horses are crowding in, and everybody's trying to get the first place, it's almost like I have to do that in my walk with God, yes, I have to do that, you know, let's just go here, um, in verse, uh, let's we'll go right over, not too far, but in chapter one, not too far, same page, uh, I believe it, yeah, five and six, here we go, this is what uh, John is, says here, this is the message we have heard from Jesus. In other words, listen, this is not a news message. This is not something that we're just contriving or coming up with ourselves. You've heard this from the Messiah. You heard this from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is the light, and there and in him there is no darkness at all. Someone say, at all. And so he goes on to say in verse 6. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Someone say practicing the truth. The gift of salvation is free. No, you don't have to say that. The gift of salvation is free. Okay? Okay. What is this, this 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 thing that John says? Practice the truth. You mean I got to actually do something? Wait, I thought. Listen, I thought that you know, it's not by my works. It's not by what I do. Praise God. And I get it. I am not. Again, I've said this many times. I am not a works orientated believer at all. Matter of fact, if I if there is no possible way that I will get into heaven today by my works. <laughs> I am the chief, what I'm trying to say, amongst all sinners. But I, but I understand that John is trying to say, listen, you, can't just, you just can't pull that e-brake out and park and live in darkness. Okay? Be, be, you can't do that and know God. Someone say, know God. So, so knowing God is actually knowing truth for us believers, is it not? When we, when we know God, we, we kind of know the truth, right? We kind of we look and peer into the scripture and we're like, Whoa! Huh, this is, ah, oh. and, and, and a light goes off in our head. So we come into knowledge, and that knowledge kind of, kind of directs us out of darkness and places us in the light, of which God has, is the light. In this issue of practice, it kind of puts the responsibility on us, doesn't it? When John says, listen, listen, practice right here. Practice the truth. Okay, how does that look practically? How how does that, because I believe this is a very practical, practical scripture. Where we can put forth, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, a practicing of truth. What does that look like? When truth gets inside me over a specific topic, I can say, okay, I I can no longer indulge the flesh in this area. I know the truth. I, I have knowledge of God in this area. And I can no longer, I can no longer live this way. I can no longer just... Feast my eyes at this. I can no longer have hatred towards my brother. I can no longer say bad things and think that I'm just venting to my wife about some other fellow brother or, or sister in the body of Christ. I have, to, I have to learn. I have to practice living in the truth. Someone say amen. Let's go back over to uh, verse 4 again. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments... That person is a liar and not living in the truth. Verse 5. But those who obey God's word truly show completely they love him. I said this scripture uh, uh, last Sunday, and I want to title this message, Love Looks Like Something. Love looks like something. It's not just words we casually throw around to our wives when we're leaving for the day of work. It's not... It's not just some word that you can throw. I love you, Mom, as you're halfway across the country getting an education. It looks like something to God. We frequently use it, but to God, it's important. Let's look at what Jesus said in, uh, in verse in for, uh, John. I'm sorry. Let me, let me just find myself here. See what Jesus says uh, here in John, I believe, chapter 4. Chapter 1. Sorry, you don't have to turn there. Uh, no, hold on. John 14, 31. Sorry, the Gospels. Jesus says, but I do as the Father has commanded me, or I obey as the Father has instructed me, so that the world may know that what? I love the Father. To Jesus' love look like something? To Jesus' love look like this? God, I want to convince the world of my love for you by my obedience. Now John says something later in verse 6. He says of, of 1 John. I'm, I'm kind of jumping around scriptures. You don't have to turn there. But back to 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. He says those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus lived. Woo! So that makes the direct connection. Listen, John is talking about obedience. And he is, he is referencing this. John 14, 31, amongst many other scriptures in the gospel, where Jesus attributes his love to God through the act of obedience. Come on. Are are we being obedient today? You know, I, I love the body of Christ. I really do. I know I do, seriously. And I love the many messages that we get to we get to hear through different mediums, different uh, in the internet, all, all of it. I love it. Sign me up. I'm in. Okay, I get, I, I, they're sent to me. I listen to them. But, you know, I've, I've heard little, little messages on this content. Everything is, is kind of like boiled down to like self-improvement and identity. I mean, I love it. I love the message of identity, who you are in Christ and that God loves us. And, 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 and kind of viewing that somehow that can correct and, and take care of maybe some of the division that we have in our hearts and in the area of loyalty towards Christ in this world. I just said a full statement there. If you're listening, praise God, turn on your ears. I love the many messages we have. And, and, but I, I have a problem in this respect that I think, I, and just putting my own life out there, okay, using myself as an example. If I, if I was honest with myself and kind of got a bird's eye view of my life, I would say that my main issue of, of not getting things right, because that sounds so terrible, <laughs> it sounds so terrible, but that's what I want to say. Get it right, no. But if I was to, you didn't even understand that, okay. So I, if I was to take a, a, a mountaintop view of my life and say, God, what what is the problem here? Because remember, two weeks ago, I talked about divided loyalty, did I not? And all this kind of weaves together. This message in James and this message in John, it all kind of weaves together. And I, I would say, as I kind of let you in, and, and I don't know if everyone was here for those weeks, But I kind of let you into the backstory of what I call like the behind the scenes look of what the Lord was doing currently in my heart. okay? and so I did that in in, in this. If I was to look again at a a mountaintop view of my life and kind of say, God, where am I missing it? Where am I? Where am I missing? I would say that the, 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 the majority of the issue today is obedience in my life. I did all that just to get us here. Um, but I would say that it's not necessarily an identity. I'm pretty secure in, in how God feels about me. I'm not saying that's the truth for everybody. I understand it. We're not all on the same page. But I'm pretty secure in who I am in Christ. Pretty secure on the level and the degree that Christ went for my soul in my life. I get it. Love it. But at the end of the day, I can't honestly say that that's the problem. At the end of the day, for Daryl Temple, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I like to think I ain't somebody, the issue or the the disconnect would be a lack of obedience. What I'm choosing to do when the curtain is pulled and I'm not around you, why? I know the, listen, grace, okay? Listen, I know you, you've, you guys have endured a lot for the three weeks. You've endured a lot uh, of my, you know, hellfire and brimstone. Maybe this is not that bad, but um, I know that you've endured a lot, and I want there to be grace for this message. But I think it's an important message, guys. I think it's an important, this issue, this topic of obedience is it has to be in the forefront of our mind and our hearts as we approach our relationship with God, as it was Jesus's. Okay. Everybody all right? You look all right. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, You look fine. Not to a girl. Try to keep it within the same sexes. That's your wife. That's good. I see some wives and husbands. That's good. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now, this is funny because, in in 1 John chapter 1, um, there, 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 is also, there is grace. There is grace, as, as I mentioned in, in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 of 1 John. But, but it's, it's, it's not at all that we're talking about perfection, because what does John say in verse 8 of chapter 1 of 1 John? He says this, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So th- here's that little disclosure. It's not about Perfection. You're, listen, you are going to fall short of the glory of God, right? But there is a difference from pulling that e-brake up and living in your sin than just casually having bumps in the road. You know, just boom, oh, I don't know what, I don't know why that happened. I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know why I'm watching this. I don't know why I said that. You know, there's those frequent Bumps in the road. And there's a huge difference between bumps and living. And John makes this clear. Thank you. No, seriously, thank you. Now here's the trick of it all. Let's let's turn to Luke. No, I'm not going to go there yet. You know, let me just say this. For us husbands, we understand this, right? If, if our relationship was boiled down to just Fabiano, if all you told Anna was, babe, I love you. Babe, I adore you. I love you. No, seriously. If all we ever did as husbands, boyfriends, just told our wives, our spouses, our girlfriends that we love them, at the end of the day, that, that's good. It's a good start. But you know it's not all the woman wants and that's all right. You know, my girl, she wants me to bring flowers home every once in a while. I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. You know, what am I saying? I want to go beyond just words. I want to display, and I'm not good at it. (laughs) terrible at it, actually. It probably speaks a multitude of things. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. But but listen, you know, and let's, let's just throw another curveball. Let's just say I only told my wife that I, I loved her, but yet at the end of the day, I was emotionally abusive to her. Or I was emotionally abusive to my son. I necessarily wouldn't equate really love. And, but all, all in the midst of that, I was like, babe, I love you. And she's like, you do? Well, your actions don't speak of this love that you say with your words you have for me right? I mean, simple. Why do we think God's any different? Listen, Jesus had this problem. Believe it or not, Jesus had this problem. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 46. I'm sorry for yelling, but it's the only thing I know how to do uh, of any good. I'm not mad. I just love the word of God, and I love this topic, and at least it's not that boring. I could talk like this. Turn your Bibles open to Luke chapter 6, please. But it's just not me. Luke chapter 6. Jesus had this problem. Jesus talked about this problem. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He says, I'm sorry, let me just find it. Okay, Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? When you don't do a word, you don't do a thing, sorry, I say. It's right there. In other words, why, I like the way the message says it. Why are you so polite with me? Always saying, sir, sir. That's right, sir. But never doing a thing. I tell you, Jesus had that problem. He identified that problem in his day. And friend, can I say, much like the problem Jesus had in the gospel, we have today. And if Jesus was walking the earth today, he would say the same thing he said years ago. Why do you keep saying, Lord, Lord, why do you act like we're homies? And it's terrifying because if you study this passage of Scripture out, I just want to tell you the severity of how terrifying. If you study this passage of Scripture out, it leads you right to where Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I never knew you. And the issue in that, uh, that passage of Scripture was all about obedience. I'm sorry. That's a hammer. I, when I started studying it, I was like, no way. No stinking way. It leads you there. But it's ex- it leads you there. He says, depart from me. You, but we did this. We did that. We, we, we said this in your name. We, we exercised our spiritual muscles. And he says, no, I never knew you. Ouch. Ouch. I don't even know where to go with that, but let's go. Uh, So 46. Now, this is is the middle of my sermon, okay? It's not necessarily the end. We're right in the middle. Someone say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be. Okay, so Jesus says here in 46. This is all Jesus' words. It's highlighted in red. If you're in the NLT, it's 836, page 836. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when somebody comes to me listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Think of those three progressive steps. You come to Jesus, you listen to his teaching, but you just don't listen, you actually start to live it and do it. Jesus is going to show. And actually the, 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 the title of this, these passages is building a solid foundation. How many of us today want a solid foundation? I want a solid foundation. Uh, You know, don't, listen, don't just, yeah. man, we need a solid foundation under our feet. And I want to give us that ground. I want to give us that foundation. I want to give us the wisdom in Scripture on obedience because that's what builds that solid foundation. And that's what Jesus is saying here. I will show you what it's like when somebody comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. In other words, I will show you When somebody actually hears my words, listens to my teachings, and then actually does them, actually obeys them. Verse 48, it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it was built right. Come on. How many want that for their lives? And, and oh, do, we, do we, now this is Jesus. Do we think that this is, this is something that can't be? This is just Jesus kind of pulling us along and, 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 and kind of just, eh, no. This, this is the Son of God. This is Jesus speaking. This is very doable. How? By practicing truth. By obeying, not just, didn't James talk about this? Listen, James hit it up. He said, listen, Your problem is, I'm not pointing at you as if you have this problem, but your problem is that you hear a lot, but you do nothing with what you hear. You don't have an identity crisis. James didn't say that. You don't have a crisis of not knowing the love of God. You do not have a crisis about who you are in Christ. You have a crisis of obedience. That's what James is saying. I'll be welcome to talk to anybody privately about it, but I have the mic now, so sorry. <sighs> Verse 48, it's like a person building a house who digs deep digs deep, and lays a, the foundation on a solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it was built right now. Jesus gives a contrast. But anyone who hear, hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And all this, all this because this believer didn't want to build that firm foundation of obedience in their life. I just want to say this candidly. Where, Where in your life, where in my life, is there faulty foundations where, where, where the first, you know, first wave of adversity comes? It just all comes crashing down like a deck of cards. Where, where? can we Am I am I? Am I the only one? Come on. Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You don't need to have a foundation like this. You don't need to be so easily um, uh, broken down and crumbled down. You can build a solid foundation by listening and obeying. Amen? Okay. You guys all right? I just want to share a little story real quick. It's a funny one. Hopefully you laugh. But if you don't, again, I have the mic. you don't, don't judge me. My son and I were playing Legos Thursday. Yeah, we're a big Lego family. That was my son who was... Yelling, die, die, die. I don't know what that's... We're still praying for the fruit of salvation in his life. We're not sure about where he, his salvation lies with Jesus, where we're day and night, night and day. Oh, Lord, save Abram's soul. But um, no, he's, he's walking with the Lord. He's a good kid. <laughs> no, seriously, the guy knows the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, verbatim. But he can, by memory, recite the books of the Bible. I can't even do that. That's not surprising. But we were playing Legos Thursday... And um, we had this thing. We just recently watched the movie Moses. You guys seen the movie Moses, Disney flick? No, um, uh, Val Kilmore, uh, I believe, is Moses, the voice of Moses. Now, that you all see that? Come on. I'm just that old, ain't I? Okay, praise God. So we were watching this movie Moses, and there's whole, this whole scene where actually Moses gets led into the desert, finds this new family, kind of gets adopted into this family, and he goes out and sees the burning bush one night. And my son was just like, whoa because it was such a cool scene, such a cool scene. So he decided to, to, to he had this, this kind of like fire piece, this, this Lego that looked like fire, and he decided to make this Lego that looked like fire God. And I don't know why I'm sharing this story. I think it, it ties in, but we'll see. Um, so we're playing Thursday, and he has this piece, this Lego, and um, I'm Two-Face. How many know, I mean, of course I'm not that old. You know who Two-Face is. Come on, Batman? Yeah. Praise God. Scared me with that Moses movie, but we're back in with with Two Face. I was Two Face. He's a he's a scandalous guy. He's he's a mad angry guy. He's got like this nice face on one side and this distorted ugly looking face on the other, and he's just a crook. He's he's a crook. So I'm playing the crook. I'm playing the villain. I'm in there. I'm like killing guys. I know. I'm like hitting guys with my truck because I have a truck. A couple gangster looking dudes. We're. We're like robbing banks. We got this bank set up. We got to go in there and blow a missile through the door, take the bank, and whew, we're gone. Anyways, I don't know what happened in Abram, but something clicked in him. He's just like, he comes in with a pillar of fire, right? Right right to Two-Face. He's like, Two-Face. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? This is God. He goes, turn from your ways. Oh, follow me. I'm like, no way. We're going to have a church up in here. And of course, I'm, I'm a good loving dad. I want to promote Jesus in the house. I'm like, yes, 2 face will repent. So I repent as 2 Face. I'm like, yes, Lord, I will do your will. I will, I will follow you. Lead me, God, in the ways of righteousness. And so I did. And, and it started to, after the scene was over, that whole like interaction between God and Two-Face and his conversion, <clears throat> Abram started getting aggravated because I wasn't no longer playing, I wasn't any longer playing the, the, uh, the thug, the, the, the bad guy. I wasn't no longer robbing banks. I want to really hold to the part. I'm like, this is a true conversion, Abram. And he's like, no, this is dumb. Like, break something, shoot something, rob something, do something. And I'm just like, I can't. I've got I to gotta obey God. I'm going on this tangent. I'm just like, no. And so he's getting aggravated. And finally, he gets a little, he's, I push him to his limit, right, with it. Because I'm just like, come on, we want a Good opportunity to teach about salvation, the transformation power of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to use it. I don't even know if it's making sense. But I'm using it. I'm going with it. And finally, he says, by morning, two-faced will be evil again. I'm like, backslidden and the whole issue was over that the whole issue that aggravated Abram was that 2 Face was being obedient to God I, listen it's a it's a funny story but at the end of the day that's what it was all about Abram would be like dad 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 run over that cop run him over boom I mean you got to see his Lego set it's it's brilliant but he's like and I'm like no no Abram God has revealed himself to me. I cannot betray God. He's like, seriously? Seriously. He's like, Dad, 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 shoot a missile. Shoot a missile at, at Batman's cave and lair. I'm like, no. I'm going to pray for him. I'm, I'm milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> but really, the issue, because Abram started getting aggravated, really, there's... there's I, I, I got... I felt the Lord on it. I, like, was literally playing. It's probably because what I've been studying and kind of giving my attention to in the season through the word of God. But my heart was touched because I realized that Abram was aggravated that Two-Face actually wanted to be obedient to God and really live out this, this, this thing that God had done in his heart as he revealed himself. And it started, I, I started thinking, like, man, you know, how much can I connect with this? How much? I, I'm speaking very frank. And very kind of exposing my own heart. But I'm starting to think, like, how much, how much do I kind of treat my relationship with God like this? You know, kind of one minute, God reveals himself to my heart with power. And the next minute, I'm like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why am I forsaking you? What's going on? Beelzebub, get out of me. How many can relate? Am I just preaching to the choir? I know, you guys are good, right? No issue with obedience. It's just Daryl. I'm just funny story, but it kind of, it kind of hit my heart. Let's turn back over to First John. I know a lot of scripture, but that's good. That's good. First John, and we'll go right to 5.3, and here is where we will close. First John 5.3. This is really the kicker for me. This is really what makes it all make sense in my heart, okay? And this is where I'd like to close. In 1 John 5, 3, this is what it reads. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not what? They're not burdensome. Say that with me. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. I couldn't thoroughly, emphatically disagree (laughs) with this portion of Scripture. Can I just say that? I mean, I know it's the truth. I know it's it's the word of God, and I accept it as truth. But in my life, it doesn't match up. Why? Because there's something unpleasant about actually for me. And again, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm gonna go there. For me, I sometimes am aggravated. God, leave me alone. I just want to do this. I just, I, God. I know what the rating is here, okay? I just, I want to watch it. I mean, am I being too old school for you? But I don't necessarily find his commandments or following his commandments, his life-giving. I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe you are there. God bless you. I am not, but I am trying to get there by the grace of God. I'm trying to say, and this is the deal, These things that we call, this broad thing, this thing that we call the commandments, they're actually for our benefit. Following the truth, making right decisions, are actually, they benefit us as believers. And instead of them being uh, burdensome, they life us. They give us meaning. They do. Listen, I, I find more meaning in and actually being obedient in, in, in following God in a re- than, any, than, than, than being divided in my heart in trying to serve two realities. Just doesn't work trying to serve the world one day and trying to serve God the next. It just, it breeds confusion. There's no life in it. And at the end of the day, we are, it makes us miserable. Let's just be honest. Half of your misery today is that you try to live kind of like what they used to say on the old school with like one foot on one side of the fence and the other, side, uh, the other foot on the other side. It just don't work. It just don't work. And I'm finding that his commandments, obeying his commandments, and commandments, I know, sounds so Old Testament, right? We immediately shut down. We're like, oh my God, didn't Paul say we're no longer bound to the law? Ooh. Our Christianity has to look like something, friend. Don't make God a fool. It's going to look like something. What do I mean? Well, if Jesus, by his obedience, showed the world that he loved God, how much more does our obedience show the world that? That we love God. Listen, no, no, no. We're we're, We're not like each other. We love you, but I am not like you. You don't understand. Kind of like that place of obedience, it really draws that line. And and we step into really authentic Christianity. It's not very authentic, buddy, our our, our friend. If you're you're living to satisfy uh, uh, two things, your flesh and God, it just doesn't work. I can't stress that enough. It doesn't work. Be sure, just as John said, in him there is no darkness. There's not a little darkness. There's not even a smidge of darkness. There is no darkness at all. Sharon is going to kick us out of here, I know, because I'm just like, who is that guy in there yelling at those people? And they're just taking it. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not. But you understand, there has to be There is no darkness in Him at all. What is in Him? There is light. There is light. What is there to be in us? Light. What has Jesus called us to be? It's the scripture verse of our church. A city placed upon a hill. Giving light. To the world. Come on. Not much light could be given. If you're still... Living to please God in man. God in this world. But I think today, if we could emphasize this, that we, we need not to, as a community, look at the commandments, our being obedient to God, as burdensome. That's really the crux of this message. That we don't look at them as like a heavy, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. No, but with joy, we'd say, God, I want to do this. Why? Because I love you. The issue is of, uh, is of love. You know, today, hear me. God is not some taskmaster w- trying to get, would you do, th- get it right. God. He's not looking to, do, he's, it's not like that. Sorry, Douglas. I can, I, he loves me, so I can do that with him. Um. But God is not something, he's not just, would you get it? No, he wants love to be the foundation of why we obey him. He wants love to be the, the driving force behind our obedience. Though I'm not being religious here. I'm not trying to tell you to get it right. Come on, J, John said, he's like, listen, thank God we have an advocate. The truth is we're going to get it wrong. But the other truth is we don't need to pull up that e-brake and just park in that wrong. you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps, by the grace of God, and move on. Move on. Yes, for many have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I am there. But I will be dang if I'm going to continue there. I know, you guys thought I was going to say it, Right? I didn't. You can look it up in the Urban Dictionary. I'm sure it means something not good. But I am not going to live there. You know, yeah, I've learned so much more from my mistakes. And you know, one of the things that I've learned the most is not to repeat them. Let me say that again. I've learned so much from my mistakes. Am I alone? That I've, that, but I've learned this about them. That I will not repeat them, why? Because Jesus in Luke chapter six gave me a better way. He gave me what he gave me something that I can build under my feet to stand on, and that's obeying him, following him, and at the end of the day not finding that burdensome but but finding the joy in it is is this too much of a religious it's not you know let me just say this there's there's nothing religious about this you know i love i love the new spin when everybody when when anybody starts to take a uh, to 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 make a choice to stand in truth it's like you're religious look at you self-righteousness i can't believe You, you know what she's doing yeah, she's not going to watch this rated right R. And I, I mean, that's the only thing I, my brain can go to. She's not going to watch this movie with me. Well, so be it. She's making a choice to be obedient to God, and and maybe that's just something that God is doing with that particular person. I mean, he's not doing it with you, but don't judge it. Don't call it religious. It's not religious. Following God with zeal is not religion. We are all religious today. We all have a religion today. Let's get it right. Jesus said, listen, hear what these guys are teaching. These are about the Pharisees, but don't follow their example. They're teaching truth, but don't do as they do. That was religion. That that was who Jesus categorized as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people of the day. He didn't, you know, of course there's more, I know. Anyways, let's bow our heads. Will, if you would come and play some music for me. Is everybody doing good? I, I hope, I hope you hear the grace in this. And that you don't look at me as if I'm trying to beat you up. It's um, still early. And I want just to provide... Listen, the word of God pricks us, doesn't it? It kind of just... Ugh, it's got to do that. It, it, there's something beautiful about it. And uh, and today, I want to just follow this through until the end. Listen, you can't even, by choice, you can't even, by your will, start to... Um, Conjure up some kind of life of obedience to Christ. You can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. But I'm telling you, love can do a lot, can it? Love can do a lot. Love, a love, a genuine love for God can do a lot in the heart of a man or a woman, in the area of choice. You have a choice. We all have a choice. When we leave here today, you have a choice to live the way and do the things of which you want to do. Be it glorifying to God or not glorifying to God. The motivating factor here, guys, is love. It's always been love. And love is not withholding the truth so that your hearts couldn't get offended or pricked by the word of God. That's not love. Love is coming in the midst And speaking truth no matter what. Because it desires more. It knows. It love knows there's more. And that's Jesus. He knows He has something better. Luke chapter 6 verse 46. It's just not some fairy tale. Some off in the distance type way of living. It's a reality. And love says. Jesus says listen. I, I don't have these faulty foundations for you as believers. I don't have this kind of like um, this foundation that crumbles as the seas come crashing in i have a foundation that 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 was under my feet to even endure the cross that's some foundation friend come on that was me i would have said beelzebub get behind me this isn't god It's that resolve. It's that foundation Jesus wants to get. Don't be deceived. Don't let people lie to you. Love needs to be redefined. It really does. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for these awesome people. Lord, that they would endure a message like this. God, I know that there's grace here in this message. I know that there is extravagant, lavish grace Lord, help us to find it. Help us to see your love. Lord, that we would know that we couldn't achieve any level of obedience just by willing it or just doing it. But God, love, just as Jesus loved you and he, he proved to you his love by obeying you. God, I ask, Lord, as John told us, be like Jesus. Do like Jesus. Lord, I ask. I ask, God. God. That she would give us that grace. Let me tell you real quickly, if I can find it, in John 15, verse 10. Let's just read this real quick. You don't have to turn there. Keep your eyes closed, actually. <laughs> this is what Jesus said in John 15, verse 10. And just hear this. He said, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in me. It's conditional, it's conditional. There's no way to, Jesus is not mincing words. He's not skating around the truth. Well, if you do this and you apply that, then, no, he's saying, listen, if you keep my commandments, you will what? You will abide in my love. And then he goes here and he says, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. Man, you want to be sure of the love of God? Develop a life that practices the truth that is obedient to Christ. God I ask that you would release grace in this this place over our hearts, Lord, that you would call us to a place of radical obedience, not half-hearted obedience, not religious obedience, God, but wholehearted devotion, first commandment obedience, that we would love you with our whole being as Christ loved you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is what I want to do as we close. I want to invite anyone who needs prayer. And I I, I want to just, well, no, I won't do that. But if you need prayer today over any subject, as will plays, and as we dismiss everybody today, I encourage you, come get some prayer. I want to pray with you if, if, if that's something that you need. What I'm saying is don't leave. Don't leave if you need prayer. Amen. Is everybody all right? Is everybody good? Listen. Oh, listen, where sin abounds, much, much grace abounds, even more so. This is not a hateful message. This is just looking ourselves in the mirror and saying, God, you want to give us more, and you know, honestly, we want more. Amen? Amen. If you need prayer, come up. If not, we're officially dismissing service. We love you guys. Please come back. Amen.